We have a legacy of freedom and privilege, which has been won by hard struggle, hasn't been given by from above. It's been won, but we have it, and we can use it uh, to help people who are suffering seriously uh, if we try. Well, the singularity is a future time which will be profoundly transformative, where the machine intelligence we're creating will be billions of times more powerful than our own biological intelligence. Well, I ask you, what's next for Robert Scoble? What do you think you're going to be doing three, four years from now? Oh, geez. Uh, well, hopefully uh, we've, we'll have a successful launch of Longhorn. I, I want to stick around for my, with Microsoft for at least four more years. Around what I call the because effect rather than the with effect. In other words, I can make more money because of my blog than with Anything my blog. Anything of this magnitude only happens because enormous numbers of people want it to happen and are willing to commit time and energy and money. G'day world, you're listening to Cameron Riley on the Podcast Network, Sunday the 8th of July 2007 with uh, a special episode of the show tonight where we're breaking big news. Uh, I don't know how secret it is anymore, but judging by some of the stuff he's been putting on his Twitter feed lately, but uh, my guest is the godfather of G'day World, the godfather of the Podcast Network. Mr. Frank Arrigo, welcome to the show, Francis. Good day, Cam. Thank you. <laughs> I was with the dramatic pause. <laughs> I don't know. I thought I'd be dramatic. It's uh, well, look, I tell you, it's, I have been dropping wait, hints wait, on wait, Twitter. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, you're still swallowing that mic, Frank. I am. I'm sorry. I'm playing with it. I'm sort of. Uh, it's not my usual mic, so we'll see how we go. Glad you didn't bother breaking out the good mic or anything for me. No, well, you know, it's it's the one that I could find, you know. <laughs> so you've been dropping hints. So uh, for those of you who don't know Frank, Frank has been at Microsoft uh, for how many years, mate? 17? Uh, no, 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 not 17. I just did my 16-year anniversary in May. Oh, only 16, sorry. Only 16. <laughs> Most of which in Sydney, where, what's your role? G- general manager, D- manager, DPE, what is it? My, my, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. no, no, my, my, manager, my, my role is a technical community manager within DPE, which is a developer and platform evangelism team. So I, I look after all the evangelists. And how many do you have? So you could call me the Uber team. evangelist. <laughs> how many do you have in the team? Um, I've had, there's 15. 15 developer evangelists, and your big news is? Well, my big news is that I've accepted a new role. I'm leaving Microsoft Australia, and I'm heading over to the US. Wow. Congratulations, mate. You're going to Seattle. What are you going to be doing in Seattle? Frank? That's my news. I said, what are you going to be doing in Seattle? Oh, sorry. I... I'm going to hear what you said. Um, what am I doing? So I'm actually going, I'm continuing to be part of the DPE team. And uh, I'm going to be, I'm sort of going from an operations, a, a guy kind of delivering on someone else's strategy to being part of the team that works on what that strategy is. So I'm kind of joining the the field strategy group for DPE and uh, sort of being going to be part of that, that key group that hopefully maps out where we're going, what needs to be happening, what, what the course of the business is going forward. You know, in a lot of ways, DPE, I think of as the, kind of the change agents within Microsoft. 
in terms of how we engage and what we do and how we connect with customers. And, um, you know, the change agents need to change, right? And I sort of see this as, as playing a part of that. Does it mean that you get to say developers, developers, developers on a regular basis? Oh, I'd, I'd say that all the time, and I get hot and sweaty when I say it. But what's interesting, Cam, it's we're not just about developers. We're about we're about the traditional application developers. We're about ISVs. We're about you know people who are doing web design. You know the web guys. You know we have about IT pros. It's it's sort of a the audience has grown in terms of the people we work with. So, but yeah, I, I still get hot and sweaty about developers. Now, it sounds like it's uh, good timing that they're getting you over there because the survey was announced in InfoWorld last week where they talked about uh, they did a survey of more than 400 developers and IT managers in North America and found that the number of developers targeting Windows for their applications declined 12% from a year ago, just 64.8% targeted the flat platform as opposed to 74% in 2006. What's going on? Well, I think what that's showing is showing the movement to the web, you know, in that people are building pure, you know, client-side software. They're building applications that are being deployed on servers, being developed, you know, it could be delivered through a whole range of different things, whether it's through a client, whether it's through a rich internet application, whether it's through a browser. And you know, I think that's just showing the growing trend that we're seeing of uh, applications being deployed into the cloud. You know, the whole software and services vision, and absolutely, Linux is a you know is, is a, an option there in that in that L part of the lamp stack that we're seeing application developers building to. You know, if we look at what all the kid, cool kids are building today and, and rolling stuff out, we're seeing you know a lot of the, these applications rolling out on on non Microsoft servers, you know that that's the reality. So, so part of what you know we need to do is we as Microsoft we need to be relevant to the, to folks who are building web applications. We need to show that we actually have some great offerings there and, uh, and get that message out. And if the products aren't right. We need to do you know we need to make sure that the products are right. And this is the worst Skype line in history. You're not downloading porn or anything in the background, are you, Frank? No, no, I'm actually not downloading anything. I've made sure I've got there's no kids in the house. The house is empty. The internet is quiet. I'm sort of sitting here talking to you. I don't even have Outlook open right now. I've just got my pure. (laughs) You're running through the corp network? No, no, I'm not running through CorpNet. I'm running, I'm running through my, my Optus cable connection. So you know, if, maybe Optus is uh, is losing their. I don't know, but you know, you're you're coming in, you know, probably eighty percent of the time, Cam. So it's pretty, it's a pretty dodgy connection at the moment. I must admit, it's very dodgy. Um, well, the, the the thing about this survey though is it wasn't the cool kids on the block they were interviewing. It was developers at enterprises and solution providers. We're not talking about Web 2.0 startups. We're talking about your mainstream businesses that have dropped by twelve percent year on year. Man, like, is any are people running around jumping out of windows at Corp or? <laughs> I, I, no, no, no. I- not at all. I, I think this is another, you know, it's, it's just the accept, you know, it's the reality of more, you know, server-side browser-delivered applications and, and whether that's happening within the consumer space or the enterprise space, that's the, you know, that, that's kind of what we're seeing. At the end of the day, it's 400 developers, right? You know, what, 
what's what's the what's the size of the market in the world? Well, it was two million developers. Australia is hundred thousand developers. You know, we need a, you know, I'd like a bigger sample, please. But you know, that, it's representative of kind of what's happening right now. So, yeah, are people jumping out of you know? No, I don't think so. I think what we're trying to do is we're trying to make sure that we're putting together, you know, offerings and tools and services and things that can tap into the cloud and make you know, make make windows of the server component keen you know at, on the client side you know, think like silverlight you know you were down at mix you'd had a talk to, or remix to say it's back to brian you got a sense of what we're doing at silverlight your silverlight's delivered in the yeah delivered in the browser it's allows you to build rich media rich interactive applications you can start building things like botfly you know right now it's a bit of a toy a bit of a mashup builder but you know it that's the that's the sign of where we're going in terms of uh tools and applications so what you're suggesting is that these this isn't a drop in people building using windows development tools it's them building for windows as a server or client side app rather than running in the cloud but even if even if i'm building applications for the cloud they're running on a server somewhere so if they're running on a windows server somewhere isn't that wouldn't that still be considered as developing for windows um, maybe, kind of, you know, I think as if, you know, as folks are building browser-based applications that are being deployed through whether it be IIS or Apache or whatever, they probably don't even think that they're building Windows. I think when, you know, when, you, when the question is asked, when, when you consider it, you know, you're building for Windows, you're saying it's a rich client, it's Win32, it's running on the client. I think that's the, that's the perception of it. And, you know, you're, you're right, you know, folks who could be building server-side stuff Deliver those a web application using ASP.NET. Are they building for Windows? Not necessarily. They're building, they're building browser-based applications, right? That's how they perceive it. They're, they're, they're seeing they're building web controls. They're building stuff, but it could be rendered not just on a Windows desktop, but on you know a Mac desktop. Not just on the IE, but on other client, other browsers like Firefox or Opera or whatever. So, so I think that, that that distinction is, you know, it's more the rich client take advantage of the Windows APIs or some browser application take providing reach. You know, I think that's what it boils down to. But that's not what this survey was talking about. It was it said that the targeting of Linux by developers increased by thirty four percent to eleven point eight percent. It had been eight point eight a year ago, according to the survey. Linux target isn't expected to reach 16% over the next year. So this isn't... I try and spin this as uh, developing applications that get used by a browser. That's not what it's saying. It's saying they're not developing it for Windows as the server. They're developing it for Linux on the server side. The enterprises, man. Not the dot-coms, the enterprises. No, 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 no. I, I agree, right? I, I'm not disputing that, but it's about the, the delivering it server-side into the, you know, through a browser. It could be an enterprise application, absolutely. You know, Salesforce.com, the enterprise application, right? I'm not, I think we're agreeing. <laughs> on that statement, I'm agreeing, Ken. Look, so, when they start saying that they're building games for Linux, then then I get worried, right? So, but, but they're not. But 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 why, Frank? Why why aren't they building it for Windows? Why are they building it for Linux? Why are they building server side stuff? Because from a server stack, they're finding that. The, 
you know, that, what they're finding, they're finding there's a tool set that's probably easier to, to sort of put together. PHP applications are, you know, they're finding source code, they're finding samples, they're finding, you know, there's a community out there that's supporting it. I think, yes, from a license perspective, it could be a dollar-related issue as well. I don't know. I haven't delved into the why, but my, my gut feeling is the number of these things that, that, that contributes to it, and whether it's the dot-com or someone building applications targeting enterprise. It, it's it's the same. It's about how quickly they can get stuff to market, and obviously, what we've got isn't helping them get stuff to market quickly enough. So, so we need to address that. Ah, oh, that's why I love you, Frankie. You tell it like it is, mate. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If this was Jeff Putt, he'd be giving me, uh, you know, five bullet points off a PowerPoint slide. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we should get Putty on. What's he? I should ask. We him should. We should. I'm sure he'd love to have a chat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he would. So the new job over there, man. What's your actual title going to be? What's my? You know, I, that's a good question. Actually, I, I haven't yet seen what the title's going to look like. But I think it's. I think it's going to be director field strategy or something like that. A director field strategy role. I don't know. I don't know. Something like that. But I, the, the key thing in the title is directors in the is in there somewhere, which makes me happy. So it's a bit of a promotion for for young Frank. Are you going to still be blogging? Oh, yeah, I think so. I don't see why not. I'm still, you know, passionate about blogging. It still allows me to tell the story about what's happening. It allows me to shine a light on, on what people are doing. The interesting thing is, you know, the reason I started blogging was, you know, to tell stories about what people were doing locally, to be honest. That's what it was about. And as I go forward, this job's going to be a bit more internal focused than, than my current role, but I can still focus on, you know, what people are doing and what customers are doing and what cool stuff's happening. So I don't see that stopping. I also see another element adding in, you know, sort of, you know, my life in America, I think there's going to be a lot of amusing anecdotes and stories that are going to come out of that. So uh, so I'm looking forward to, to continuing the blogging side of things. You were actually in Seattle for a couple of years earlier on, weren't you, in your Microsoft? I was. Area. Yeah, so I moved over to the States in 93, um, at the time, I had two, two of my children. I had Anthony and Billy, and they were really little. And we went over there in 93, spent a year or so at the executive briefing center, did a whole bunch of interesting things. I got to meet the execs, got to brief Bill and Steve and the others. And then um, I spent another year doing some work around interactive television in the advanced technology group. Uh, and really enjoyed that immensely. I you know, sort of working with early adopters, did some work with you know telcos from around the world, ran some early evangelism stuff. And I guess that that was the seed of my evangelism bug kind of kicking in. And then we came back home. Part of it, well, the real reason, purely wasn't a. It was personally. You know, it got very difficult. My wife, she missed her family. And um, you know, I was working a lot, and there wasn't much support there for us. And so. You know, we came home to sort of, uh, you know, continue our life here in Sydney. So we moved back in '96, uh, and you know, sort of did a whole bunch of different things through there. Had two more children in our time there, so we now have four. But you know, I wouldn't be doing this if the family wasn't supportive. You know, and and so to that end, you know, when when the seed was planted to make the move. Yeah, you know, my wife and I talked a bit about it, and we said, "Well, we need to take the kids over there." So we had a trip to Disneyland, sort of earlier in the year, and spent some time in Seattle. And the kids kind of really grokked it; they really liked staying out of there. You know, they're now, you know, my big boys are big. Anthony turns sixteen; he's very excited because he thinks he can drive when he gets there. And <laughs> Billy turns fourteen, and uh, you know, he's got proms ahead of him and cheerleaders, and he's very excited about that. And so the kids are, are keen, right? So, so for me, 
me, having them wanting to make the move is really good. And, you know, having my wife wanting to make the move is, is that's prompted me to say, well, the family's support of it. Let, let's, let's see if there's a job. And I found a job. And now we're packing up. We're selling the house and selling the cars and getting rid of all the electrical equipment and, and making the move. Yeah, fantastic, man. So when do you actually leave? It's August, right? Yeah, it's August. So right now I'm in the process of getting my visa sorted. So that, that's there's a bit of a you know time that take it takes to sort of get that done and make some appointments and whatever. So my my goal is mid August to make the move. Um, so let's post TechEd. So the plan is we're going to make TechEd you know sort of a, as well as a great learning opportunity for people and networking. It's Frank's farewell on the Gold Coast. So. Um, so I don't know how we're gonna, you know, make that all come together. Maybe we'll have a big chair and you can have a photo taken with our Santa or something. I don't know. We'll, <laughs> we'll think of something interesting to do. But uh, we're definitely gonna weave my my departing Australia into the whole ticket experience and make that a bit of a celebration. So, so I'm kind of looking forward to that that we could make that happen. And then yeah, straight after that we head to the US. So you know, there's the two considerations for us. You know, one is we want to get there before the start of the school year, and that starts in September. And we want to get there before the new TV series start, you know. So my kids are waiting for Lost and Heroes and all those other programs, you know. They can uh, catch up or start with as soon as they, they hit the airwaves, which they're pretty excited about as well. <laughs> so uh, uh, getting back to the 12% plummet in uh, numbers, uh, you don't expect yep. that we'll be seeing uh, Sanjay re- retiring for personal reasons like Jim Olchin after Vista <laughs> was years late in coming out? No, I don't think so. I think what you're going to see, you're going to see a renewed effort from us to try and address this and and try and, you know, try and come up with some, some ways to... Yeah, you know, to, to provide a good tool set and uh, do that. So I, I don't see Sanjay disappearing. I don't see the DPE organisation changing. I see us, you know, having a renewed focus on what we're trying to do here. And you know, I, I think it's a, you know, I, I read an interesting post during the week on the weekend from uh, Robert Scoble, who's um he was at the iPod, not the iPod, the iPhone uh, developer conference or something. There was some conference that came together, right? And he was saying, you know. Apple doesn't get developers. Microsoft does. It's kind of funny. You know, he's still a Microsoft fanboy, even though he's left for a year. And uh, and I think, you know, he was saying that there were Microsoft guys at this iPhone developer days. You know, trying to understand, work out what people are doing. So I think, you know, from like from our perspective, we're we're still we're going to do what we need to do to to make sure you know we, we get those hearts and minds of developers out there because at the end of the day that's what we need we need people building tools you know building applications on our platforms we need to be providing the right kind of tools to do that and uh that, that's that's been the lifeblood of microsoft since the beginning right and and uh you know, we're, we're not going to drop the ball on that one so yeah more people are doing stuff on linux today than they were doing last year i think that's a reflection on what's happening you know that we haven't delivered the right tool set for, for the folks building stuff in the cloud but we're not going to shy away from that we're going to see what we need to put together and, and deliver on it you know it's been a it's been a long time now microsoft doing the whole linux compete thing i mean i joined microsoft uh, nine years ago and i remember it was you know particularly in the isp and the telco space where i was working then it was very much part of our you know once we uh 
killed Netscape, sucked their oxygen out, I think the email was. Uh, We were looking at Linux. I remember when our mate Dave Martin went over there and was sort of uh, running the Linux compete thing for the Windows platform guys. And do you think you guys have really done a... Microsoft has done a good enough job on the whole Linux thing? I mean, it's a long time now since Barmer was calling Linux a cancer, uh, which (laughs) I think was one of the great missteps. But uh, what do you think is going on? Why Why hasn't Microsoft responded to this Linux thing in a decade now to a way where they've stopped the, the, the white anting going on by the Linux community? Well, look, I, I think it's more than just about Linux. I think it's it's about that whole app stack, you know, Linux, Apache, MySQL, PHP, right, and that LAMP stuff. And I think basically Linux moved from... You know, the threat on the desktop. That was really the big, oh, my God, Linux on the desktop. To really getting its niche in that web workload space, in that area where, you know, you just needed to do a single job, which is deliver web pages or deliver, you know, web applications. And Linux does that really well in that space. And there's a couple of other little pit and niches that it's really, you know, very strong in. It's it's really strong in that high-end cluster computing, you know, Hollywood movie rendering kind of farm where it just does a single thing of rendering frames. And and to be honest, they're the two niches. They're the two spots that that Linux kind of plays a a big role. You know, Hollywood is one element and the other one is in the web farm space. You know, if you look at someone like a, you know, not to say Google, you know, they've got something like, I don't know, 200,000, 300,000 Linux servers delivering the, the Linux, you know, they, the whole Google experience, you know. And for them, it's it's the OS to deliver their platform for, for web workload. And I think that's that's really what Linux is able to do is deliver that stuff. It's been tweaked. It's been fine-tuned. It's delivers that you know, delivers that well and I think what we've tried to do is we've tried to do a general purpose OS that does lots of different things we kind of made a change with Windows Server 2003 we had a web edition but it wasn't quite right Longhorn which is Windows Server 2008 has got this specific you know server web serving kind of component that's dedicated to that all the other gump removed and I think we'll, we'll actually be able to address that you know, deliver blindly fast, a good web experience. Is it going to be too little, too late? I don't know, right? Time will tell. But I think it, the web workload area is where, you know, we've had our, you know, had our ass kicked by, by Linux, but not just by Linux, but, but a whole bunch of other things. I, I look at MySQL as a, as an example from a database perspective. You know, that that is, you know, feature by feature, it doesn't compare to a SQL Server, but what it does... High performance, you know, store and retrieval of bits from a database, it does really well. And, you know, we've, we've tried to respond with things like SQL Express, which is a free version of SQL Server. You know, it compares favorably with, with MySQL, but, you know, and it's free, but, you know, it's maybe still too feature rich compared to what MySQL is doing. You know? And so it's, it's about getting the, the, you know, that stack right. It's about getting those elements together so that. These web applications can be delivered by, you know, whether it's the cool kids or dot coms or folks building enterprise grade applications, you know, delivering applications in the cloud. You know, so I, I think Microsoft's done done okay, but we kind of dropped the ball in the hosting space. I think that's where we dropped the ball. Um, in sort of providing, you know, lots and lots of sites on one single server kind of stuff at a low which gives it low cost. And uh that's kind of where where we're we're feeling the pain now. Yeah, but again, this is enterprises they're talking about here. Enterprises and solution providers. 
Yeah, you're reading too much into a dude. Trust me, right? It's it's in the data. It's it's seriously a solutions provider. It's it's not that hard, right? A solution provider says I need to put together a business portal, right? They go, okay, let's go, let's go and search and find some some open source code. Oh, here's twenty seven thousand ones that run on Lamp, or here's ten that run on. You know, .net. Oh, let's go with the lamp one, right? That's that's ha- well, that's what we see from the solution provider space. There's just a multitude of you know code available that these guys can pick up and play and go forward with. And you know we see we see when all we see when in in these web agencies, you know, the job is for them. They need to get solutions together quickly, cheaply, low cost, right? And so this this gives it to them. And yes, yeah, sure, they del- as a result they end up delivering applications to enterprises, but. At the end of the day, it's a, it's it's a web app. That's what it is. It ain't more than that. Has uh, Microsoft responded to the Evans data report with a set of your own numbers? Uh, you know what? I've, I've I've been looking for that. I saw the article, seen at some debates, but I haven't seen any responses overnight. You know, over the last couple of days. So. I don't know, if I do see something, I'll probably do a blog post about it in the in the coming days because, you know, I saw that article too, and uh, I, you know, I thought I'd try and go and find some data on it to talk about it, but haven't seen any any internal responses. I'm sure, you know, post the what is it, Independence Day uh, extra long weekend, we'll start seeing stuff this week. <laughs> I've been looking for it too, and uh, I haven't found anything. I know Charles Cooper was uh, making some fun of uh, the whole thing in CNET's uh, news.com thing the other day, but yeah, to the, it's been a week now, and I haven't really seen Microsoft uh, put out a response. Well, mate, I'm sure that uh, you've got your work cut out for you when you go over there. What's the one thing you're most looking forward to, being back at court? Um, bandwidth. As in, like, real bandwidth or...? As in bandwidth, as in, as in real broadband. Yeah, but well, are you are suggesting like that we don't have real broadband in Australia, Frank? <laughs> we don't have real broadband in Australia, Cameron. It sucks. <laughs> so so that's one, one big... That's one thing. Second, 